Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, what up, everybody? Coach AB. This is the Baseball Nomad Podcast. This week, we're on the road again, baby. We're in Hangzhou, Hangzhou, China. And today, we're talking about a hitter's neural network and what it means to the process. So, stick around. to the Baseball Nomad Podcast. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the international game of baseball and softball. Every week on the show, we will talk with coaches and players from around the world where we'll discuss preparation, motivation, and building a consistent mental process for those high-leverage, high-stakes situations. If 90% of the game is mental, we need to stop giving everything a physical remedy. Stick around for your host. He's played and coached professionally on five different continents and won 12 different national championships. He's the original baseball nomad. Some call him the hit doctor, but heck, you can just call him Coach AB. Let me share with you Hebb's Law, okay? Neurons that fire together, wire together at six. Now, this was a clever phrase. It was used in 1949 by Mr. Donald Hebb. He was a Canadian neuropsychologist known for his work in the field of associate learning. Now, I'm not trying to get too deep, but I did sleep at a Holiday Inn last night. <laughs> now, actually, I'm at the Hampton Inn. <laughs> in Chang, in Hangzhou, China. But what Hebb's Law basically means, it goes like this. When, when you repeat an experience over and over and over, the brain learns to trigger the same neurons each time. Now, it can be beneficial to have neurons wired together because the neural network helps us learn. It helps us store and recall information in an effective way. For example, when you're trying to get to know a new person or you meet someone for the first time, your neural network will help you to remember that person's name through many like subtle triggers. So let's say I'm trying to remember the name Sean. I need to have an association between that person's name and something that's meaningful to me, whether it be something common or public, like let's say Sean Connery or something personal, like let's say my brother's name is Sean. And my brother's name is Sean. Now, unfortunately, the network can all also get screwed up when we try to unwire or rewire neurons to respond to a situation in a new way. That's how it gets screwed up. So I'll give you a, a messed up example that most of us in the baseball world have probably witnessed when we've watched Little League games. On occasion, you'll see a young player who's made fun of are heckled or yelled at for making an error or striking out in the game. Now, this is messed up because we're talking about a youth level plate appearance, or we're talking about missing a, a routine ground ball in a little league game. And, you know, little league is the lowest level of competition. When you, when you really get down to it, there's nothing at stake. And, you know, this sort of mishap by a young player 
it, it can cause the fight or flight response, which, you know, is messed up because, you know, should this kid, because he struck out or because he's made an error, have this this fight or flight response triggered? I mean, come on, there's millionaires, grown men who are striking out all the time or making errors all the time. So I think it's inappropriate. Right. I think it's messed up. Now, look, I see it all the time in player in the player development space. Right. Players come to practice and they may have all the natural talent or all the tools that you could need to succeed. But they check out mentally before they even come into practice. Or they come into practice and they half-ass it. Or they simply just go through the motions, right? And it's hard. It's hard to understand as a coach. But a lot of times, players, because their neural neural pathways are screwed up, they view practice as a negative experience. Somewhere down the line, they've been bored to death by certain practice routines or Let's say they they haven't had success in the past with a specific drill, or it could even be they've been repeatedly shamed by a coach or other players for not being able to execute a drill effectively. For whatever reason, they begin to think of practice or drills or even working out as something negative. Over time, the negativity becomes embedded in that player's neural networks. Now, as coaches, what do we do? Because, man, that's that's a difficult mindset to change. We've all been there as coaches, and it's it's hard. Heck, nowadays, you have to be more exciting than a PlayStation 5 to keep the player's attention. I, I, I think it's important that, as a coach, first we recognize that players aren't born thinking that practice is, is a negative, okay? Um, players are born wanting to play and learn the game, right? I remember when I first started playing organized baseball, I could not wait to get home from school to go to practice. In those early years, everything, uh, everything about the game was fueled by curiosity, Okay. I wanted to learn more and more each day. I, you know, I just wanted to eat it up. I wanted to just play this magical game, whether it be practice games, pickle, whatever, wiffle ball. And it was all pure joy, man. Being out there, hitting, throwing, running, just being out there, practicing, being with my teammates. I was never afraid of making a mistake on the practice field. And, you know, I, I, we all, we made many, you know, if you remember when you were eight or nine years old, how many pop-ups you did not catch, <laughs> how many ground balls went through your legs, right? How many, how many balls that, you know, just totally missed your bat that you weren't even close to. You weren't, but you weren't afraid of making those mistakes because, you know, that's how you grew. So naturally, we want to practice and we want to learn. Right. So with that in mind, you know, I, that's what I try to do as a coach. I try to get players to be inspired. 
to learn, to get, get their reps while being joyful. Instead of lecturing my players about, you know, you, oh, the, the failure to execute something in a practice environment, which I'm sure would shut many of them down. I try to make more dynamic or more fluid approach to my coaching, especially considering that most of my guys don't speak English. Now, again, I have to be more exciting than their their iPhones. So I try to find ways to get them to play com- play competitive games, right, in practice. I create specific point systems in their drill work that promote correct body movements, that promote positive intent, right? Call me crazy. Call me crazy. But I have days when... I grab a player and say, hey, we're doing extra work today. Uh, Grab your bat. Also, grab your mini speaker. Make sure your playlist is loaded. And we work. We work on their swing while they're listening to music. For me as a hitting coach, you know, I'm big on rhythm and timing. It's important to me. So I figure what better way to sync their movements, whether that be big movements or small movements, to their favorite music or, you know, again, call me crazy, <laughs> but you know, they might be in the turtle BP and I'll, and I'll, Hey, step out. Let me see your in between pitch routine or, Hey, I want to see your recovery routine after you just swung out a curveball in the dirt. I do this because we all know it's going to happen, right? You're going to get locked up one time, right? You're going to be looking for a pitch and not get it, and then you gotta you gotta step out and you know you gotta recover, or you're gonna swing at a pitch in the dirt, right? Everyone's seen you do it. You feel like crap. How do you recover? Because we need you, right? Basically, I'm trying to let them know that it's okay not to be perfect. Also, you know, it lets them know that hey, you know what? You have to have a plan to get back to resiliency. Gamification. It's also big for me. I believe young players have trouble recognizing situations and quickly putting together in their mind a game plan, right? So I want to make sure they're bulletproof in their approach mentally in certain situations, having the right intent. So we do a lot of work with micro learning cards. Basically, what happens is players get notifications on their phones, which they're on all the time, right? Uh, and they have to all of a sudden plug into a hitting situation. And they have to think about that situation off the field and come up with a plausible answer. And they compete against each other, which creates a leaderboard. Now they're having fun competing against their teammates, competing against their personal best. Now, as hitters do all of this and then more and then some and then more, It sends signals to their neural network saying, in effect, hey, practice isn't what I thought it was. Practice can be kind of fun. Personally, I believe that's the problem. Historically, we as coaches, when we learn anything new, it requires our attention to detail because we want to find out how we can manipulate this thing and, you know, give us an advantage. And 
once we do find that thing, we buy into it. We commit to practicing it. We're all in. And we want that end result. We know what it can produce. We want that end result. But that's not how players learn. They don't, you know, learn the end result just by seeing the end result or knowing what the end result is. It's important for them to learn the the specific steps, the process. I mean, this game is hard. Hitting is hard, especially if you got some big donkey on the mound throwing the ball hard with movement that can change speeds on you. So I'm trying to, or I want to break down the complexities of each skill. At the end of the day, I want my players to be able to do whatever it is, whatever skill we're trying to uh, attain. I want them to be able to do it naturally. I want them to be able to do it effortlessly. And most importantly, I want them to be able to do it subconsciously. I want that new skill to become a new habit. So I try to make sure that they're mastering one small task at a time before they move on to the next. For for me, for example, before we start talking about bat path and, you know, I, I want to make sure that we're focusing on the proper body movements of the load first, for example. Then we'll move on to the stride. Once we've mastered the load, okay, you got it, you got it, okay, let's get to the, to the stride now, okay? Now, once you get the stride, you got your load, you got your stride, okay, looking good, you got it. Now, let's get to separation, Okay. Once we got separation, you feel like you got it. I see you got it. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Okay. You got load. You got stride. You got separation. Okay. Now we can start maybe working bat path. Over time, what I'm trying to do is I want them to string each step together as part of a coordinated process. When the steps start to blend together and look like one easy fluid motion, I've got my intended result. But everything for me is about first getting them to understand that everything we do must start with their actions matching their intentions. If you're in the batter's box and your intent, it should be to play offense. So if you're playing offense, you're trying to hit the ball hard. To hit the ball hard, you're swinging the bat fast. So, Play along with me here. Imagine you're watching a little league game and a hitter steps into the batter's box. Let's say he's nine or ten years old. And you hear the coach yell, keep your head down, bend your knees, square your shoulders, keep your hands up, loosen your grip, shift your weight. When you swing, shift your weight, stay inside the ball and follow through. And my favorite, relax. (laughs) Of course, A kid, heck, anyone couldn't follow all those instructions. And there's it's no wonder. It's no wonder why hitters can get overwhelmed when they start to think about mechanics in the box. Mechanics are great, but they don't hit. When hitters are able to master one part of the process in methodical order, their swing starts to look like one motion. We have tacos every Tuesday at my house without fail. I make them because as a Californian, I love Mexican food. 
In China, it can be a challenge, difficult to find good Mexican food. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done. I've been to a, a few good restaurants, Mexican restaurants in China. But, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, I know if I make it once a week, I'm guaranteed to have at least my fix. Okay. So, I either make pork carnitas or beef brisket in, in my slow cooker. The meat usually cooks for about eight hours in the slow cooker. And that's, you know, after marinating, right? So in the beginning, I had to follow these recipes in separate steps and it took forever. But now I've done it so many Tuesdays that the recipes are just part of my mind, body, and soul. All the many, all the once many steps have kind of merged into a few. And now I cook the meal in half the time. The idea is I went from thinking about how to make tacos, reading out to the recipe book, to just doing it every Tuesday. On Tuesday, my mind has memorized what I need to do. Now, I don't need to follow the recipes. I know that I know how to make them. Everything I try to do with my players is to get them going from thinking to doing to being. The idea is not to hit, but to become a hitter. Look, in my opinion, it all comes down to changing their inner world before you can expect to see change in their outer world. I just think you have to become happy before your abundance shows up on the field or off the field. Do players really learn in a state of pain and suffering? Or are they better off in a state of joy and inspiration? I know which one I prefer. Anyway, that's it from this week. I hope it helps you. Listen, no matter where you're at, what's going on in your life, on or off the field, don't forget to breathe. And peace. We got the purpose. We got the nervous. We got the service. We working. 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 Hey, coach, put me in the game. I bet they remember my name. I bet they remember the shot, the flame. I bet they remember the bang. I bet he remember that pain. He never walked the same. He never shot the same. Sorry you lost the game I got to go harder He mad, they can't stop us My jersey always pop up They cop it, they bought it Yo girl, scream my name Out loud, she all in the crowd Made her proud, you brought her shame Check me out, look at the flame I can never miss Look at the flick, flick I can never miss Look at the wrist, wrist I can never miss Look at the fit, I'm healthy. I can never miss. Hey, we go eat those shots when it's lunchtime. We go beat those blocks when it's crunch time. You know we're going all the way. You know we're going hard today. I fight back hard away. No penny for your thoughts today. But it's pretty on my feet, I'm elite. You already know what it is, can be beat. It's me. Hey, look at the squad. Look at my team. They'll be my hearts. 
Don't be my bros, don't be my guys, don't be the parts Parts that I need to the puzzle Look at my arms, look at my palms Look at the sweat, huh. look at my eyes, look at the threat We working, we working, we working, we working we working, we working, we working, we working. Practice make perfect. Practice make perfect. We working for certain. We working, we working. We got the purpose. We got the nervous. We got the service. We working, 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 we working. Hey. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.